You gotta tell me when you hit start and shit, though. I just did. Me and that smoke break, episode one. You know the deal. King Caesar, Franklin Stacks, Stacks, your boy, DJ Goose, live. Well, I guess we're not live. We recorded. Wish we were live. You know the deal. What's up, bro? Well, great. What's up, Mo? What's up, King Caesar? Hey, man, just gonna let these lights, man. Yeah, man. I see you sitting outside. I see you enjoying that. Yeah, man. Yeah, let me just hold If y'all can't see it, that's uh, who I'm going for for the NBA. Uh, but it's Smoke Break, episode one. Me and Stax. Uh, Stax had this idea. So we just try to make it happen. So well, let me start with that, man. With the whole uh, NBA. You watch, Did you watch the game at all? I, uh, not live. I had to go back and watch the highlights and everything. That's what, yeah. I'm the same I couldn't watch it live, but I was just checking the stats. So that was quick. Dame got that. Uh, so Dame is kind of piggyback off Nights of the Round Table podcast that'll be coming out on Monday. But, um, you know, Dame got that MVP of the bubble. Well-deserving. They got that spot in for the uh, that they beat Memphis for that last spot. I'm trying to pull up some stats real quick, and then uh, figure out why my man um, Booker didn't get the MVP when they went eight and zero. That's I mean it's a legit question. You know it's hard to see uh, why like why he wouldn't, but I, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm loving Dame's getting the love and attention. Because honestly, it's one of those situations where this might be the highlight of his career type as far as uh, how deep, because he wants to stay in Portland. He wants to be that Kobe. He wants to be that, you know what I'm saying? He's already talked some stuff online uh, to Paul George about, you know what I mean, chasing rings and flip-flopping. And and so I don't feel, I don't feel like Dame's going anywhere. And I don't feel like that team's got a better shot. You ready to go home. Yeah. He way get swept. Ready be like that. So they got LA, right? Yep. Somebody, I think I think they got I think they'll win one game. I think it'll be a gentleman sweep. I'm not uh too crazy, but you know what I mean I I'll give him his shots. It'll be it won't be so it'll be a cup maybe one, maybe two blowout games. But everything else will be competitive enough to watch. And, you know what I mean? Keep it interesting, but it's just not the same, man. It's just not the same watching the games in, in the bubble. Just the vibe and the atmosphere. At first, I was cool. I thought it was cool. I was just happy to watch basketball. But now, like, the games are supposed to be getting more serious. But I still feel like I'm watching LA Fitness, like, highlight run. Like, you know what I mean? The highlight runs they got during the summer. So it's it's really weird. Obviously, I hope you know Clips take the title, and then I'll I'll talk about it the rest of my life. But they need the fans, yeah. They do. They do, and like it's cool that like they're trying at NBA, MLB, you know, whatever. Like they're trying. They got games out there, but man, without the fans, it's just doesn't. I can't watch the whole game. That, that extra layer of pressure and everything come postseason, man. Even in the regular season, man, and home court advantage and everything, you're missing everything like that. The players you normally would choke under pressure, you're not going to see. So, mm-hmm. 
to me, that's still part of the game. You get like to be a professional basketball player, you got to deal with, you got to deal with the fans and dealing with the courts. You know what I mean? In arenas and how other players handle that and how you have to handle them and momentum shifts. Like, like if Zion gets an alley oop in New Orleans, normally that whole place is going crazy. The momentum's going crazy. This time he gets an alley oop, no one really cares. He don't hear anybody. You know what I'm saying? So that's a whole different aspect of the game that's missing. Yeah, you, know, you said they have. We've had some players going off that are just. You know what I mean, they're hitting the open shots with no pressure in the gym, right? How you working with that? I'm gonna switch it up real quick. No transition, no nothing. Just smoking, smoke breaking. My mind went to a different topic. So meeting at the water cooler, man. You heard? So you heard about? All right. So I want to talk about on Facebook. I've been seeing this push for as far as like the justice for Cannon. And so for those who aren't familiar, um, he's, he's a five-year-old old boy. I apologize for not knowing all the details, but yeah, you know, I believe he got shot in the back of the head, back of his head by his neighbor who um, used to like hang out with the dad or something. I saw a report that like they had a beer together the night before and stuff like that. And Yeah, he was like, boy, I think they were arguing. Oh, yeah, arguing? Yeah, and then he was seen over at the house earlier that day with the dad or whatever, kissing, riffing, whatever the hell they doing. Yeah. I don't know if it was his neighbor. I know the neighbor saw what happened. I'm not sure if the guy was his neighbor. Hmm. I think it was Darius Simmons is the suspect's name. And then the little boy is Cannon. I can't – Hinnit? Hinnit? I can't say his last name. I'm sorry, guys. But – so, so that went on. That wasn't that happened. Um, North Carolina, I think it was, and um, he got picked up. So the suspect got arrested uh, immediately, and you know the judicial process began um, pretty quickly. I believe it was like the next day, or like yeah, I mean he got picked up same day type pressed charges the next day. So um, that's a sad story. You know, it's something you never want to hear, uh, especially with kids, man. It always hits home when you got something happen like that to a little kid. And you're never really going to know the whole story of what exactly went down. And honestly, I can't really find much more than that. Yeah, he did it in front of uh, that boy's two little sisters, like seven, eight-year-old sisters saw everything. Crazy. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, it's a horrific story. And then um, – but I've been seeing so my issue that I want to talk about was just I've been seeing it on Facebook where like they're comparing and by they I just mean the people who are making posts that say why aren't where's the outcry for Canon and um why do you why why is there an outcry for George Floyd and there's no outcry for Canon? And that's pretty much like the point that I see people trying to make. And then they take it further than that, but that's kind of like the main point. Um, so I just wanted to hear from you, Mo. Do you see what similarities? All right, so I didn't even mention the color. So like the little boy is white, and the dude that shot him was black. And so, um, what what similarities do you see in the stories uh, compared to, or in differences of the George Floyd situation in the in the Young Cannon situation? I, I'm trying to figure out why people are, how they're tying them together. 
I think people want to redirect the argument again. Our argument is no justice, no peace. Accountability, police brutality going unchecked. Um, my question was going to be to you, was this guy arrested and everything like that? He said, yeah, I think he's already been charged and everything like that. So the <coughs> justice and the accountability process has already begun the day after. <coughs> Breonna Taylor was still having that hashtag. It took, what, a couple of weeks with George Floyd? So that, that, that was the outcry. I mean, this was done by somebody who's supposed to protect us. This was this another civilian doing a evil demonic thing, you know what I mean? So just because it, I think if people want to make a similarity because the kid was white and he was black. So that's the only connection they have right there. Um, I think they're misconstruing the public outcry we have with George Floyd. We want, we were outraged because he was killed, yes, and it was gruesome, but this is a litany, like this is a long time coming. You know what I mean? This has happened repeatedly, consistently, constantly, over and over again. And this was also filmed. And it's just so many other factors that went on. And I'm not, like I said, I think people sometimes want to be like, well, if we don't talk about this story, then we're taken away from this impact and the devastation and the, the or we're lacking empathy and sympathy for the story. And that, that has nothing to do with it. This is a completely different train going in a completely different direction. Dealing with cultural, systematic, political, just historic evil roots. And the other story is just a basic human evil act that happened, that could happen to anybody. You know what I mean? Well, I don't want to say happen to anybody, but it could happen to anybody. So there's differences there. So like I said before, my issue's been, bottom line, you asked me what the similarity is, that somebody died. You know what I mean? And rather than the humans mourning and grieving over the people who died, we're now arguing over something surrounding the death, and we're not actually going through the process of the death part. Nobody cares about the death part. Like, death in the United States has become, you know, just another thing, you know. Kid, uh, somebody shooting up a school, it's just, it's news, but it's not shocking news anymore, which is crazy. So, you know, Chicago, Baltimore, these places are still murdering. Nobody really cares. It's just back page uh, stories. So until humans start, you know, feeling in the heart, every murder, and it truly starts affecting them in the heart, then ain't nothing gonna, nothing's gonna change, so. Yeah, no, and it's, as far as like why, right, that's, why, how did George Floyd cause such an uproar? And like, just go back to, it's just one thing after another and people are just tired of it because right, these stories, he's switching up his background. The stories have been going on as long as I've been alive. And it's so true as far as it's in the news one day, um, you read it one time and then it's old news. It's not talked about again. And not to say that they know, but it's gonna, there's a new one every other day. 
so they, they never have to stick on it. They never have to focus on it. They never had to address it. And um, like, you know, the actions and the outcomes and the processes and everything that's happening afterwards so quickly and immediately afterwards uh, of the murder of that little boy is what in the George Floyd case is what we're asking to be done for us. So we're, asking, we're actually asking to match what's happening in that little boy's case, which is why that little boy's case doesn't isn't news for us. Not news to us, but news for us. There's a difference. So he got they got a GoFundMe for the little boy. It was like six hundred K in like three days. Crazy. And then right, and that wasn't even national and right, George George Floyd was getting pushed. It took weeks. It took weeks for it to, you know, I mean, catch on esteem. And then Cannon it's awesome that he got that money found you know i mean i'm not trying to take away from it to act at all but it's just right it took three days and that little boy um he got buried i think in four days if i read it right so like that whole that, that whole uh procedure happened whereas as far as you know i mean like the big issue the suspect was identified he got charges pressed on him he got locked up first off like you said brian taylor they can't even so like step one, the lock up the assailant, he's already getting prosecuted, the boy gets laid down to rest. It's a sad, horrible thing. I'm not trying to, you know what I mean, take away from it, but right, all of that is what I feel like is expected and is deserving for anyone that, that passes away, in, especially in a tragic manner. And then you don't, and I've never seen it happen to uh, the little black boy that have been, that I've been seeing die every week for my whole life on the news and right. The communities that, that, um, you know, that they're coming from don't, it's not 600 K go fund me a day later. No, That's not how, you know I mean? Those cases go unsolved. There is no, there is no justice. And it's really, and I, I've been getting a different perspective. And what I mean by that, uh, well, I shouldn't say I've been getting a different perspective, but I've been learning how people, why people think the way they think. And then, like I said, I'm living in this small ass town in Pennsylvania, and I'm talking to, I went to go play some ball today. So I seen, you know I mean, a couple of the first, the families of color are not many in my neighborhood. So, you know I mean? I'm interacting with them today, asking them like, what it's like to live here and things like that. And I'm getting like, you know, I mean, I get a different response than when I was talking to the white landlord and like the aunt and uncle of theirs that live next door. And um, so, and this is real, uh, this is a hot take. This is what I feel like I always come back to this. I feel like America, right? I mean, this is just history, history and what I, how I understand it. America was founded per se, taken from the Indians, blah, blah. I'm not trying to get into the details. But like founded by white settlers who came over on a Mayflower type deal. This is like how they portrayed it to me as a kid, I should say. Yeah, no, America was founded way before that, before the white men even got here. Like the Spaniards yeah. had been here, the Native Americans were here, the French, or everybody was here. It was a melting pot. Like, like the colonies, like everything. Like, I won't say America, but the, the the continent of North America was present way before the colonies. So. Trade, um, farming, so, so, systematic uh, governance, 
like all that was there. So, and they, like even between like the Native Americans and the people that were there, there was, there was, um, they were mutually benefiting. Okay, so it wasn't like the white man or the French or the Spaniards came over and like like completely slaughtered the Native Americans. Like they lost their land. I mean, they did. They got their butts kicked, and it was horrible. But there was a lot of trade and embargo and a lot of business being done between the two. So it wasn't just like we just came over and ripped stuff away. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Americans even own slaves too. Right. Um, This is like the whole that they have some type of power and authority. Yeah. So I'm saying like the white people, in a sense, I'm talking general, blah, blah. They feel like they took over you know what I mean, this land created America in a sense and set up the establishments and all that. They feel like the white man created it. Right, they weren't the first ones here or anything like that, but they, so they took over this land in this area, this is where they want to settle. And then I feel like there was this divide, right? Where it was these white folks that wanted to stay on top and viewed themselves as, you know what I mean, the white folks. Business and- war. And then there's the other side of America where it was more like, hey, this is a melting pot. The doors open. We all want to stand next to each other. And then there's like, so now there's this big gray area. I'll call it gray, but where it's like white folks, older white folks are like, hey, we open the door to you colored folks to our country. We're giving you opportunities. What more can you ask for? And like, they're not even looking at it like, oh, I need to pull my brother up to my side. It's more like, this is my land, this is my country, I let you in, I've, you know what I mean, allowed you to, th- to thrive, and you know what I mean, that's what they're saying. So why, why you give me so much grief? Why are you calling every white racist? Da, da, da. And they're just totally missing the point, and they just don't see it. And it's because they live out in places like this, where you live on the same block, you know what I mean, the cousins and y'all, you move around or whatever, but it's just that's what you see every day. That's what your grandparent. That's what the grand folks are saying, because they're the ones that have been around. You know I mean, they're especially like seventy years old or something like that. They've seen some things in their lifetime, and they're passing it down. That's all you do out here is talk. You know what I mean? Or and anywhere around, you sit outside and communicate and talk. So the roots of the families in uh, this America is huge. It's a big country, man. It's a big country. There's a lot of areas, large areas, where like the roots of, and when I say roots of the people, I mean, I'm talking about the grandfathers, the head of the household that's that's at the barbecue telling stories that everyone's listening to. And even as a kid, you're picking it up. And it's just, there's a divide. There's a divide. And that's the divide that I see. Like I said, I feel like it's white people that are saying, come up, stand next to me, my brother, don't matter what color, blah, 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 race, religion, we're all in this together, we're all in one country. And then the other side is, hey, this is my country, I let you in, so be happy about what I've given you. And that's honestly what I feel like, I guess that's the borderline, the line people walk, and then you can go out, extend either direction. But that's where I kind of feel like the middle ground or the disconnect would be and it's just weird for me because I, I i don't understand it at all because i just that's not my upbringing my upbringing was different cultures and and i've always seen it um military housing type deal so 
I've never experienced, I don't know, like kids out here, have, they went to a 90, like a 97% white school their whole lives. So what, yeah, I mean, what is this 18 year old gonna know that's walking around my neighborhood? You know, like what, how is, how is he looking at my neighbor? Cause my neighbor is the only black family on the, on the, on the street. Is my, my thing that gets me, I was talking to my wife is, I don't actively think about race or my race at all. Only time I think about or talk about it is when somebody else brings it up to me. So to be going around and actively looking at that, and then see somebody and that like sets you off somehow, it, I, I just, it doesn't compute with me. There is no, I don't understand it. Um, it seems to be like a baby boomer generation and older issue yeah. with race. Um, I guess going back to the early 1900s and all that and those early decades where segregation was happening, where they feel like they uh, allowed us to be free and they gave us these freedoms, like you said, these opportunities and all that, but they really didn't. All you did was just take the chains off, but still oppress us. That's not, like you said, that's not what they're, uh, they're not getting that. You really didn't give us any freedoms. I mean, women couldn't even vote until just recently as well too. So let's not sit here and act like America is just full of all these opportunities, these equal opportunities spread out across, I mean, peanuts throughout the day, like, like, your last name means a lot in this country, you know, so you, you, your bank account means a lot in this country, capitalism and your, and your last name. And I said earlier, business and war, like the white man, the British, all them, they won this country over business hustling and having a bigger war effort. That's what they did, so. And that's why it looks like they, they ripped it out from other people because they just monopolized the situation and then they won with violence through war, but every war is violence. So it's always gonna look like that to the victor. But yeah, so to me, like my little brother's generation, the 18 to the like, the, the, let's say the 20 year olds, let's say like the 22 year olds and younger. They don't give a shit about none of this, man. Like they're so mixed right now. Like I'm mixed and my brother's mixed. Their culture so intertwined and mixed. Like our culture, we started like mixing being biracial, dating and everything like that. This is like an older person's problem. And, like it happens on the black side too. Like make sure you my, like I hear from my like my side and black people, you know, watch those people over there, they're white, you know, make sure remember you're black. I might not do like no, I'm not thinking about none of that. None of that. If there's an issue, there's an issue. But that's on them. I'm not going around thinking and stressing myself over that bullshit. So it starts with the person. Right. And I see that out here in the small towns of America, I would say. Like, as far as it's majority white. It's majority white. But for the majority, they treat like the black person that works with them. It's like the one black person in the factory, but they look at him like, yeah, he's a factory worker like me. He had the same opportunity as me. Like they don't, there's a lot, it's a lot of love out here as far as that. Mm -hmm. But, and so what that leads to is they're not understanding what it's like in these major cities. Yeah, they're, they're sheltered and- No idea. America needs to give itself a little credit too, because this is the only country in the world where multiple races, multiple religions, multiple anything, live together freely and you do whatever they want without consequence. You're not gonna find that anywhere else in the world. Like, like so we're doing pretty well. 
we're combining everything that we have. So I do give American credit in that regard, but racism is always going to be an issue. That 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 goes back since the dawn of time, yo. So if I think if skin color is hiding a mask of something else internally, they're just you know they're. Well, I'm not getting anything psychology wise, but can't no same person be that upset over somebody's skin color when. 80% of your race enjoys going tanning or laying on the beach to get their skin darker. So clearly, just a contradiction there. So, and what's funny is like rednecks too, they're dark skin. You know what I mean? I'm getting tan out here. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm still out here, you know, out in the sun. Everybody just needs to shut the fuck up and realize it's like four pieces of shit. We all do dumb shit. Let's work together and be pieces of shit together. <laughs> no way. We get into this next time. I don't want to go too long since we talked about that earlier. So we can get into this next time. But as far as like that, right? We're all pieces of shit, and and it's like you said, we all got to come together as a, as a human being. Um, you know, I mean, walking this earth type deal. And then also as far as Christians, and then how we and how we look and get through this world. Um, it's just not a lot of people, it's hard to talk about and find in general, because most of the time, as a Christian myself, it's still like, not, like I said, as far as like, I'm a piece of shit, 90% of the day, I'm still walking around just straight human, as far as that disconnect, with you, like, I'm focused on what I got to do right now as a human being, and the needs that are, my kids are hungry, and blah, 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 and frustration and emotions, and I'm not... I still, I still have to, I get to, I take a break from that. I'm able to step away and I get back into, you know what I mean, talking to Jesus. Um, and that's just how it works. I think that's how it works for a lot of people. Um, and obviously, you know, you try to get better at that. And, and da, da, da. so it's that way of looking at the world. So like 10% of the time, I'm looking at it from a I hope it's not forming like dangerous opinions because another dangerous thing that's happening in America right now is opinions becoming like a gang-like mentality. Well, if you don't agree with my opinion, then you're the worst of the worst. You need to die. And then vice versa, people aren't willing to change their opinion for anything. And then on top of that, the research and everything they've done to form their opinion is weak. It's a Google headline or like a Wikipedia page. So... Interesting times. Damn. Damn. I will smoke break. Smoke break? We're going to finish this up uh, off camera. But um, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. You know, we'll set it up. See how often, once a week type. I need my smoke breaks, man. We got, it's, this is going to be for the YouTube page. Definitely. Around, nights at the round table. It'll be live. We could just kick live. That's what we start doing a lot, yep. Get that interaction, Twitter feed, all that. Let some guests pop in. Are we doing phone number? Are you putting our phone number out for that live interaction? Okay, we'll just do like a Twitter thing. Nice. You can put your phone number out there. I ain't doing that. I feel like the only person that would call would probably be my mother. And she'd probably tell me to stop smoking. Yeah. And I'd be like, wow, smoke break. What you mean? Like, how much? Yeah, we had the water cooler, man. <laughs> But no, nah, we'll, yeah, we'll figure this out. I like doing this. You know what I mean, all right, cool. All right, stacks.
All right, DJ Goose, first episode, Smoke Break. I'll meet you at the cooler next week, man. All right, y'all. I'll be down by the river. You know that. All right, brother, man. Hey. That's who it probably is. They said if you know, probably you ask is. Him, his name's yeah, Jack. Could, we're guessing. You know, man, man on the bridge. That might be like my cousin's uncle or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get them hooked up to the motherfucking TV. That'd be so funny, yo. I'm buying that fucking GoPro. Straight up. Yeah, well, I need to get a GoPro too. Yeah, well, for what? Film squirrels? All his film, all his uh, outdoor adventures that he does, man. Oh, I got, I got a trail cam in my backyard, dude. What you mean? So you, you I got a wildlife. He's an outdoorsman, man. He's in the trail cam. You got a bow and arrow yet? Nah, not yet. I see you fucking I still got the, you know what I mean, the red rod or BB gun. <laughs> yeah. Still, still, what you gonna do when start. that rust up? <laughs> we gotta start there, you know what I mean? We just shoot squirrels. See, <laughs> on the balcony, that's it. <laughs> anyway, just on the balcony. Start fishing, we right, I'm sorry, we right on the river. Right on the river. Oh, it's okay. all about the fishing. Probably.